You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. From Shakespeare to Schwartz, from Fosse to Alvin Ailey, from Sondheim to Borellis, from McNally to Fay, it happened to the greats, it still happens every day. When lightning strikes, it's the moment you know. When lightning strikes, where you're meant to go, you can stand and shout your Hello, this is Gerald Brunner, and you're listening to When Lightning Strikes, where we talk about the moment when your proverbial light bulb goes off, the heavens open, the seas part, you have that wondrous, heart-thumping, tingly, glorious mic drop moment when you knew you had to be an artist. I am so thrilled to have Michael Zegan from The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel on the show. He plays Joel Maisel. He also has serious theater chops. Some of his credits are Bad Jews, The Spoils, A View from the Bridge, Bob and Terrell and Ted and Alice. And on TV, he was Dwight, the troubled teen on Late Night with David Letterman. How's that for a deep dive? He was in (laughs) Boardwalk Empire, The Walking Dead, Girls, Rescue Me. And he was in the film The Seagull with Annette Bening, well, and that's just a, a few of his credits. Welcome, Michael. Hi. How are you doing? Okay, how are you? I'm good. Good. How are you dealing with what's going on right now? How are you staying sane and motivated? Well, I, it's hard to stay sane, but uh, I'm, you know, I'm working on it. Um, I'm, I'm actually in upstate New York. I, I'm renting a place up here because I had to get out of the city. It's a little dicey. Yeah. Yeah. How are so you? I'm, yeah. No, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I, you know, I, it was, it was hard. I lived downtown and yeah. it was hard to like even get outside and walk around. I just felt like I needed, I needed f- fresh air. And so I'm, I'm in the woods, secluded, surrounded by nature. It's nice. I'm trying to, to be proactive. I'm trying to, to, do stuff. I don't, it's, it's tough because, you know, I'm not, I'm not working and I, I'm, I'm not going to be working anytime soon. So, um, it, it is a little difficult, but I am trying to be proactive and I'm trying to, trying to write and create my own content. So, um, yeah, that's what I'm doing. That sounds, I like that you're writing. That's cool. And we talk about your light bulb moment when you knew you had to be an artist. I know some people say, it's several moments or they always knew, but what about your experience? Yeah, I, I always knew. I always knew I it's, it's, I'm not quite sure where it comes from because, you know, acting doesn't run in my family. Um, but, uh, I, I knew from a very young age. I mean, I remember when I was like five years old, I was begging my parents to let me audition um, I, I grew up in New Jersey and it was, it was a close proximity to, to New York. So we went to a lot of Broadway shows. My parents are theater people. They, they still, you know, well, not now, but, uh, you know, they, they love theater. They, they see pretty much everything. So, um, so yeah, they kind of instilled that in me. Um, although I have two brothers who, who, you know, didn't really take to it, um, but, uh, but I don't know. It was just, I just got the bug early on. I mean, I, I, you know, I remember certain instances like seeing Les Mis and, and, uh, you know, when, when that first came out and 
seeing the little kid who played Gavroche and 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 kind of just being like, well, wait a second, I you know I could do that. Les Mis was big though. I saw Les Mis like five times. Oh wow! Over the course of my life, yeah, I've seen. I've, anytime, like I've, I, I, like I've seen. I saw, like I said, I saw Spring Awakening four times. I saw Hamilton three times. Like, yeah. you know these these shows don't get old. It's like going to a concert. It's like seeing your band, you know, your favorite band play. Like you just, it doesn't get old. Yeah, and every time you see it, you learn something new. You sure, do, yeah. There's a new discovery. I remember. Um, in fifth grade, I, I wrote my class play. Like I just wanted to get on stage. It was just something that I needed to do. Oh, can you talk about that class play, that play that you wrote? I love that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, um, there was some assignment you had to do about the bill of rights. And I remember that the teacher was like, you can do anything. You can, you know, uh, I don't know, make a drawing. You can, write a play. And I was, and that just kind of, you know, a light bulb went on and I was like, Oh, well, I'll just write a play. And I wrote this play about, um, aliens coming down to earth and, uh, the, these kids teaching them about the bill of rights. And, and, uh, my, my teacher really loved it. And then she was like, we're going to do this. And, and then we, we did it. I mean, it was, I don't know how good it was, but, uh, we did it in front of the school. We rehearsed it. We, uh, created more characters for it because there were more, you know, right. there were more kids that I hadn't included, um, in the play and, and yeah, we did it. So, uh, so that was my first foray into playwriting, um, <laughs> <also> my last, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, uh, it, that was, I mean, I guess that was, you know, an aha moment, but, um, but yeah, you, you know, way before that, I've just, I've always, I've always wanted to act. It's just, it's been something that I've, I've known since I was very young and I've been very fortunate, uh, that I've, I've had that, that drive, you know, because a lot of people, even my age, um, like friends of mine still don't really know what they want and I've known it my whole life. So I do feel very fortunate. Other, other than that fifth grade play, was there, do you remember one of the first times you were on stage or performing or reciting lines? Yeah. I, uh, I remember in kindergarten, we, we did like the gingerbread boy, you know, in front of, uh, I think our parents and I was the gingerbread boy, you know, I, I, I had to get that part. That was, um, <laughs> and it really, it was, it was just like the teacher, kind of going through the cast. I remember when she was casting it, she was just going through the characters and, and she was just pointing at people. And I remember, you know, it was, she was getting down to like the wolf and the the gingerbread boy. And I was just like hiding behind people. Cause I was waiting for her to choose me for, for the lead. And luckily she did. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, you know, and it's not about, it was never about attention. I don't think, I don't, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I am a middle child, so <laughs> perhaps there's that but um but yeah I don't know I I just it's because it's I don't love attention so hmm. I don't love attention on me but I guess when I'm playing a character it's not so bad um but uh yeah I just I I've always I've always wanted to do it and then I remember in I think it was fourth grade uh they put me in these weekend acting classes and um we did Annie and uh i played rooster who's oh. like the villain yeah which is a great part and um all right yeah and 
Yeah, and then I was doing that. It was it was a an acting. It was a weekend acting class called Act Two. It was for you know kids, and it was just so much fun. I loved it, and so I did that for a few years, up until really up until high school. And then you went to Skidmore, right? For um, yeah. did you study theater there? Yeah, I was a theater major, um, but really my 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 main focus in in college, I, I started a sketch comedy group called yeah. the Skeppies that's still there today, which is really cool. And, um, and that was, I mean, that was really my focus in college. I, I really poured all my energy into that because we, we filmed a lot of stuff, you know, it was, we, we would edit it and turn it into a half hour TV episode and, um, and it became really popular on campus. So that was really cool. I love that you laid the foundation for it, that it still continues. I read or, or I heard in an interview that you didn't, Tell me if this is right, that you didn't get into the improv, into improv. So you said, oh, I'll start a sketch team. Yeah. Is that mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was it. It was just, I didn't get into it, uh, into the improv group. And, you know, I had auditioned my freshman year and I was like, well, screw this. I'll start my own group. I didn't, I didn't really understand how hard that was going to be. Um, you know, it wasn't a student government sponsored group or anything. So we didn't have money. Um, but later on uh a couple of years later we we you know got funding from the student government and uh it became like a, an official club which you know i was never my intention either i thought we were just going to graduate it was you know it was like six guys and we all met in my dorm room in my uh my dorm building and um we just you know screwed around with a camera and then it it became a a, a real thing with with funding and uh you know the the SGA bought a camera and uh so it was you know it turned legit which was really cool and it just it, it really showed me that if if you do it like things can happen you know it's it's not going to be easy um but you have to be proactive if you want anything to happen and um and it did it it, it, it you know we we put in the time and the effort and it was really hard especially when you're in college and and you're working with other college kids who probably don't necessarily want to like do stuff on the weekend, you know, other than party. So, you know, that, and that's when we would film all, all our stuff for the most part on the weekends. And, um, you know, we'd wake up early and we'd go out and film and it was like a real, real TV production almost. Um, uh, not quite, but you know, it was just one of us with a camera. We didn't really have shots set up or anything like that, but, uh, but it looked good. And, it was worth it. I mean, we, I've, I've gone back. We had, there was like a reunion, like a 15 year reunion a couple of years ago and, and it's still popular and it was really cool seeing all the people come out to, to one of the shows. And, um, yeah, it was, it was, it's been my legacy. So that's really cool. You know, what's extraordinary is that here, most people or people get rejected and they think, oh, they give up or they don't, they wouldn't think, oh, well, I'll pave my own path. You know, I'm not going to yeah. wait for somebody to hire me or to put me in this and let you, you know, grab the reins. What, what was, I, I imagine there were many, many sketches and I'd love to see them. Um, but what was one that's really memorable that you think, oh, that's a um, <laughs> not to put you on the spot. <laughs> there's, there's a lot. There were a lot, and they're not on YouTube or anything, which is oh. 
kind of bizarre. I mean, YouTube didn't exist when we were in college. And I feel like had it existed, I think we would have, we might have been able to blow up. I mean, I, I, I really, you know, it was funny stuff. Uh, one sketch was about, it was about how to, well, Fight Club had come out like the year before. So that was pretty big. And uh, we, we made a sketch about uh, how to start a fight club at your school. And it was kind of like an industrial, you know, it, was, it, it taught you how to, how to get chartered by your local student government. And, um, but it was, you know, it was about a fight club. So, um, so that was fun. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, that's the mentality you have to have. You can't, you have to be proactive if you want anything to happen because chances are, you know, nobody's going to just call you up and say like, Hey, I, I want you for this or, you know, it just doesn't happen. So you have to get your face out there, especially nowadays when there, there are so many uh, outlets for that. Yeah. And, and especially, especially, especially right now, you know, it's like yeah. everybody's looking on their computers probably 24 hours a day. So, um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's important to be proactive. Um, if that's what you want to do, if that's, if you want to make it. And also I love that as much as I adore, of course, marvelous Mrs. Maisel, I love that you continue to do theater just recently. You were in Bob and Carol and Ted and Alice. (laughs) And what keeps you coming back to theater? I think it's just the energy and the adrenaline and, you know, it's a high like no other. And this, this last play that I did in particular, I mean, it's a, it was a musical and I hadn't done a musical since high school. And, uh, I just did it because, you know, I think theater, theater makes me a better actor. Um, my, I guess I, I just have more confidence, um, you know, you could try new things every night, not, not necessarily like big new things, you know, but like, you don't want to throw your, your co-stars off, but, um, you know, different ways to say lines sometimes. And it just, it's just that, I I mean, I I really felt like this would be a challenge, you know, doing a musical and, um, and yeah, I'm, I'm really happy that I did it because I do feel like I accomplished something and, um, I do feel like I, I'm, I'm better for it. Uh, it was definitely on my bucket list. And I don't even know why I was scared to do a musical. I, I literally, I mean, I, I've been doing musicals since I was, you know, a little kid. So it's not something new to me, but um, it's just, I guess, I never thought I'd have to do another one. But um, but it, it was something that I wanted to conquer and, and I'm, I'm happy I did that. And yeah, I do. I, I think theater is incredibly important for an actor. Uh, not everybody does it, obviously, but uh, mm-hmm. but I do. For me personally, I need it. I need that immediate gratification. I need to be in front of an audience. Um, and you know what better place to do it than in New York City? Yeah, and with the new group, I mean, they're they're so extraordinary. Oh, yeah. What what did you love about your character? He was. Um, well, it, it it was you know I, I hadn't seen the movie. Uh-huh. Um, I hadn't seen the movie until like a few days before we started doing it. Um, and we started rehearsals and, uh, I don't, I just, I loved the movie. I love, I, I loved it. And, uh, I don't know. It was just, you know, uh, it wasn't necessarily the character. Cause I think going in, I didn't really even know what I was going to do with the character, mm-hmm. but, um, really just the fact that I got to sing and, and, uh, 
I got to play with these great actors and, and the costumes were really cool and, you know, working with the new group again. I mean, those were all factors, you know, I, I can't really turn down the new group. I really, I like working with them and Scott Elliott and, um, and, uh, and yeah, I mean, and Scott just gave me an opportunity to, to do something that I hadn't done before. And, And I don't even know why, I don't know what made, I mean, I had worked with him before, so he knew me, but he, I didn't, he didn't know that I could sing, but apparently he said that he heard me just like singing once in my dressing room and, and I guess it stuck with him. So I am thankful for that, for uh, him giving me this opportunity. Yeah. And and they were incredible songs by Duncan Sheik. Well, yeah, that was the other thing. Yeah. Duncan Sheik. um, You know, I had seen spring awakening four times. And um, so he was somebody I was very familiar with and who I, never thought I'd be working with, but, uh, but suddenly I was. So, uh, so yeah, yeah. I mean, Duncan Sheik was definitely a factor too. And, and I'd seen some of uh, Jonathan Mark Sherman's plays. I'd seen a couple of his plays that I really liked. So getting to work with him was also really cool, but, uh, but yeah, it was, it was a really fun experience. And, you know, unfortunately we got, um, canceled about an, a week and a half before we were about to close. So, you know, because of the coronavirus, and I feel very lucky that, um, we were able to, to do that much because there were some productions that, you know, I, I have friends in some productions where they had rehearsed for a month and then maybe did one show in front of an audience and then got canceled, you know, because of, uh, the virus and, and they're not coming back. So it's, it, I feel very lucky that we, we got to perform as much as we did. So we, I mean, we basically did, you know, we had a, a, literally, it was like a week and a half left. I remember yeah, that's good that you got you got in in time. And what, and how can you talk about one of your first professional gigs? Because you started working right close to when you got out of school, right? Yeah. yeah. Yes. Um, well, you know, my I, I yeah, I I just kind of came to the city, and uh, I started auditioning when I was in college. I, I ran into a friend who I'd gone to high school with, who who became a talent manager. He was a few years older than me. And he just basically asked if I wanted to start auditioning. And I was, uh, I was going into my senior year of college and, uh, and I was also working in the city. I was interning for a casting director and just trying to learn the business, you know, which I think is really important. And, and that experience alone taught me so much about auditioning, which really is, you know, 75% of, of this business is auditioning. But, um, but yeah, I, uh, I started working pretty much right away. I, I, uh, he was sending me out and it was mostly commercials. Um, but then he sent me out for, uh, the, the late show with David Letterman. And, uh, it was for this character, Dwight, the troubled teen. And, uh, you know, it was a, a silly little skit, uh, skit towards the end of the show. And I got it. Um, I beat out like all these other kids. I mean, it was, it was an open call for them. I mean, it wasn't an open call, but there were a lot of kids there that it was, I guess the auditions were that night. It was like after his show had uh, ended and it was like a nighttime audition. I don't think I've ever since had a nighttime audition, but um, it was at the Ed Sullivan theater and it was just a probably a hundred kids and, and it got whittled down. They kept sending people home and then I got it. And I thought it was a one-time deal, but they kept bringing me back. So it really, it was incredible. I mean, it was, it was how I was able to survive, you know, in the city uh, right off the bat, I was able to pay rent and, um, uh, buy food and not (laughs) ask for money from my parents. So it, you know, it was really something very special. 
Can you bring me a little fast forward to, I remember Dwight in this ornery, he was great because he was like, always like, he really like could stand up to David Letterman. I love that. Well, my, my catchphrase was, I hate you. I hate all of you. And <laughs> they would always, you know, put that at the end. Um, so that was fun. I mean, yeah, it was really cool. It was, it was, it was like, uh, almost like, you know, being on an old variety show almost, you know, it was just, it was, it felt really cool. And I knew that I knew even at the time that it was something that I was going to look back on fondly. Um, and it's, well, the only thing that's sad is that Dave retired and I don't get to, you know, sit on his couch and reminisce, but, yeah. um, but that's okay. I have the memories. Yeah. For YouTube. Okay. Um, so can we fast forward to when you got the call or got notification that you were cast as Joel. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Can you bring me to that moment? Are you sick of talking about that? No, <laughs> no, never. Um, no, I, I, you know, I had auditioned for it um, a few times. I auditioned for it three times. And the last time was with Rachel. We, um, we, we had like a chemistry read together and it went really, really well. And, uh, and yeah, I, I, and then I had to wait like a week and a half or two weeks, something like that to find out. I, I was, and I knew that they were auditioning more people and I was like, why are they auditioning more people? I'm their guy. Like I'm Joel, but, um, but regardless they did. And, uh, I, 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 yeah, I mean, two weeks later, I finally got the call that, that I got cast and it was just, it was incredible. Cause it was something that I wanted so badly. I don't think I've ever wanted a part as badly as this. I I care for him so much. You know, at first, I know people say you first meet him in this context and he's sort of the antagonist and he's breaking up with Midge and you think, oh, what a jerk. And you grow to love this man. Even before the episode ended, that first episode, I thought, oh, yeah, he he's human. He wants a life other than this. Uh, what what do you like about him? Um, I like what well, uh, first of all, like, not everyone feels the way you do because, yeah. especially after the first episode, people hated Joel. I yeah. I, I read all the comments; <laughs> they they did not <laughs> like him. Um, but I I like the fact that he's multifaceted, that he's that he's three dimensional, that he's uh, not just not just the villain. You know, I, I like I like that he's a human being. Um, and he's probably the most human out of all the characters, to be quite honest. Um, yeah. not to say anything, you know, uh, uh, bad about anybody else. Cause they all have wonderful characters. I mean, come on. But, uh, I do feel like he's the most grounded in reality almost. Um, so I love that contrast between him and, and the rest of the show. That, and, and, and that's not to say he, he can't be, you know, have, have, have zany moments, like everyone else, but, uh, but yeah, I, I, I do love the fact that he's the most human, I think. Yeah. And it's not to say, I mean, I, I was, I thought it was crappy that he left, you know, his wife and two kids, but there was a lot of love I got, but I understood it because the right yeah. so airtight. And there was an the scene in this last episode, um, I had to go back and watch it. The scene is just so beautiful 
where Susie comes to you and says, can you look out for her? Yeah. And it says it all, you know, about your love. for. Yeah. Yeah. He would do anything for her. I mean, he still loves her. I just don't think, I don't know. It just didn't work um, for whatever reason. And, you know, and that's real. Um, So, yeah, I, I, I mean, I don't know. I just, I, I have such a fondness for him and I love playing with Amy Sherman Palladino's words and, you know, her, her writing is so good. I just, I feel incredibly lucky to be a part of this. Um, not just because of the accolades it's getting, but because it's so much fun to work on. Yeah. I was going to ask what might surprise people about that experience. I can't get over how you recreate these eras you know yeah. it's 1958 this i mean the costumes the, the set design it's just gorgeous it's so lush and beautiful and I know. all these different set you know the, the, all these different locations what what might surprise people about is it is it very 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 long long days just well yeah of course i mean yeah, yeah. it's long days it's it's you know we're shooting for like six months for eight episodes. So it's, 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 it's a lot, but, um, but yeah, I, it's, it's so much fun. And, and, you know, and, and what might surprise people is I had no idea going into this that what it was going to be like, you know, I knew I read the first episode and it was, it was great. It was funny. I laughed out loud while reading it, which is something that's extremely rare. Mm -hmm. And, um, I just didn't know how much money was going to be put into it, you know, and I don't think anybody really did. Um, it, it, it just kept getting, and it still continues to just keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger. I didn't know that there were going to be all these different locations going to Paris, going to Miami. You know, I, 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 I had no idea. Um, I just knew that it was, it was a great script. So when, when we started filming and, and like, I noticed like all the cars and, um, it, it, it wasn't really until we came back after the pilot was shot that I, that, you know, I realized how much money they were putting into it because, um, even the first episode with things, you know, it was definitely, uh, it was big, but it wasn't as big. And, um, you know, we, we, when we started, uh, when we came back, we, we got Steiner studios in Brooklyn and, and they, they had rebuilt, uh, Midge and Joel's apartment in Steiner studios. Like that's what, what we film in there, wh- whether it's, uh, Abe and Rose's apartment or, or it was Midge and Joel's apartment. That's, that's in a, uh, it's, it's rebuilt in a, in the studio okay. and, uh, you know, it's a fake set, um, or it's a, it's a set, it's a fake apartment. And, um, you know, in the, in the pilot, we actually shot in, uh, in an apartment on the upper West side, we shot in two apartments that were in the same building and, um, and they basically just, uh, I guess, took measurements and rebuilt it to a T in the studio. So it's, I mean, that's when I realized like, oh, okay, this is, this is, uh, this is expensive. That's extraordinary that it's rebuilt. I didn't realize that in the studio because yeah. it's so extraordinary. And what would you, I, I love the, the shape that your Joel is taking, or the the path that Joel is taking, that now he's ventured out. He has a club. He's with mm-hmm. Ray. I love that relationship with Stephanie. Shu. Um, I love her so much. From yeah, Stephanie Shu is great. Stephanie Shu, and I know 
I know you don't know what's going to happen. Are you comfortable saying what you would like to see for Joel? Or if you- I, I really, I don't have any expectations. I, I, <laughs> I, I would like him not to die. I would like to be on this show for a while, but I don't, I, I, I don't, I don't even ask. Yeah. Um, Amy or Dan, uh, Dan Palladino, her husband. I, I don't even ask them, you know, what's going to happen. I don't like knowing. I like, I like being surprised because I love the show just as much as any fan of the show. I, I really, I, 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 you know, I, I don't even, you know, a lot of times when I see an episode is it's, I, I see other people's scenes for the first time. Cause obviously I don't, I don't visit. I mean, I do sometimes visit, but I don't visit all the time. So it's really interesting seeing how other uh, people's scenes uh, are shot. And I just, I don't know. I like, I, I just love, uh, I love watching it. I, you know, it's, it constantly surprises me. So um, I don't like to know too much is what I'm getting at. No, I like this. I love how we don't know. Yeah. I love how suddenly they were in the Catskills and suddenly, yeah, that we go places that are so unexpected. Yes. Is there an, a role that you're aching to play? Cause I think about, you know, the canon, the canon of Michael Seeker. No, just the different roles you've played. They're all very different. You know, um, yeah. is there a character you're aching to, to tackle or is it yet to be written yeah, I mean, I'm sure there are, you know, ca- characters I would love to play. I just, right now, I, I, you know, I've never played the lead in a movie before, and that's something that I really want to accomplish. And um, whether it's something that I wrote or something that somebody else wrote, I would just, I'd love to to carry a movie and see what that's like. Oh, that's great. Is it, is there a kind of genre or you're just open to the character? I mean, like, uh, just something good, you know, something good. <laughs> Cause I'd love to ask you about, um, the spoils and bad Jews and about those okay. experiences. Do you want, cause I love bad. Jews. I saw it when it was in the black box. Yeah. Um, cause you were in both and then it moved right at the roundabout to the main stage. But what, what was that experience? And of course, Joshua Harmon, right. Um, yeah. Woo. um, what did you, what did you love about that experience or I know you said you were really invested in that role because you memorized this. What was it about that piece that you loved? Um, It was really just, I, I felt like I knew that guy. I knew that character, um, you know, cause it's about secular Judaism versus, you know, not Orthodox, but you know, uh, very, you know, a very religious person. Um, and, uh, I just felt like I knew, I knew that world and I knew that guy and I knew these characters and the writing was so good and so funny. Um, and the jokes always landed and I knew, you know, it was only in, in the 60 seat theater, but it was at roundabout and I, I never really worked with a professional theater company like roundabout. Um, but I, I had, I had always wanted to, And, uh, and I, you know, even just, just rehearsing rehearsals were so much fun for that. We would, we would laugh ourselves silly, you know, and, uh, and Tracy Chimo Uh. was a beast to work with. I mean, in a good way. I love, I loved working. I love working with everybody, Phil Enger and Molly Ranson and, um, Phil's one of my best friends. And, uh, so it's, it's just, it was, it was a very, it was lightning in a bottle. I mean, it was like Maisel. It was just something so special. And then, you know, we knew we, we, we knew we were going to move somewhere. We didn't know where. Um, 
and luckily like roundabout gave us their big theater for the next, for the following season. So that was exciting. And then they told us we were going to Broadway and that was exciting. And then that didn't happen. (laughs) But, um, I think it, it, it would have done well on Broadway. And I think it's still one day might be on Broadway. I don't know if, you know, we're going to be in it, but, uh, it's probably doubtful, but, um, but someday I, I, I do believe that that play will be on Broadway. I agree. Yeah. I mean, cause there's a timeless quality about it. And these characters are so unique and the relationships when, when, um, who is it? She sings summertime, your girlfriend. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I still think of that when <laughs> she's still, anyway, that's, um, for people that don't know. It's, uh, anyway. Um, yeah. I mean, it's a funny play. If, if you, if you haven't seen it and which is, at this point really difficult because it's been all over the place, which, which boggles my mind because I mean, it was in Germany. It's in South, it was in South Africa. It was in Australia. You know, it was like in all these places I, it was in Memphis, Tennessee. I, it was just places that you wouldn't expect this play to thrive. And it, and it did. And I actually saw it in London. I went to London, um, to see it. And, you know, it, because it was, it was I think the London per, uh, production was the first one after us. And it was, it was a different director. It was a, it was a British cast. Um, but it was, it's still like all the jokes still landed and that went on to the, to go to the West end and, um, and it, 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 and then it toured, uh, the UK. I mean, it was, it was a hit and which, which honestly, like, is so strange to me that this New York play would, would become so successful in other parts of the world. But, you know, family, um, is something that I think everybody identifies with. Yeah. And, uh, and it, I think it resonated no matter where it was. Yeah. Cause the themes are universal. Maybe you don't right. all the, the mechanisms of everything they're talking about, but just the pay, the have and the have nots within your family and all those crazy dynamics and the pain and the struggle. And it's very, it's very, yeah, relatable. And what about, um, the spoils? Do you, you yeah, well, well, the spoils, um, I had, I'd worked with Jesse Eisenberg a few years prior. We did this movie called Adventureland together, which is a great movie. Um, and we became friendly and, but then I hadn't heard from him in years. And then randomly I got an email from him saying, uh, he wrote this play and he thought I'd be right for this part. So, so I, yeah, I, I agreed to do it. And, uh, and that was fun. It was really fun. I mean, like working with Jesse and, uh, Jesse's one of the, he's one of the smartest people uh, I, I've ever met in my life. And he's one of the funniest people. He's so quick. Um, so I, I really, I loved working with him and sharing a dressing room with him and, and Kunal Nair, who's on, uh, who, who was on the Big Bang Theory. Um, the, the two, we shared a dressing room and, and that, to me, that was just one of the best experiences, just having, you know, this, this kind of guy's time every day and, um, yeah, I, I mean, and the play was great and that went on to London too. I, I, I didn't end up doing it in London cause I, I had something else that I was, uh, gonna do in, in New York that actually didn't end up happening, but, um, it was all good. It, 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 it all worked out. So, um, but I actually visited, uh, London to see them in, in that too. So, um, that was a little, that was a little more surreal than seeing bad Jews because that was, it was the same set and the same people in it except for me uh so that it it was it was you know it was so bizarre um watching it but i was able to to watch it as an audience member and and i 
I honestly, I was, I, when I watched it, I was like, oh, this is a good play. So, um, so that was really cool. It must be like out of body. And then I love that you were in the view from the bridge. Was that yeah. your um, Broadway debut? That was my Broadway debut. And that was, uh, also there's a, a London story behind that. Cause when I went out to see bad Jews, uh, I, I hung out with the cast afterwards and I asked like, what else I was there for a week. So I was like, what else should I see? And somebody said, um, well, my friend is in a view from the bridge and I can have her get you a ticket if you want. So I did. And this girl, Phoebe Fox, she got me a, a ticket. Uh, she, she was in the show. She played Catherine and, um, and yeah. And then, you know, cut to, I don't know, maybe six months later and I'm in it with, with her. And, and, uh, so yeah, so that was, that was very surreal as well. Um, but yeah, that was, you know, when I saw it in London, I loved it. And, um, I even remember I was walking by the theater in New York and they had had all the posters up for it. And I thought to myself, yeah, I'd, I'd see this again. And then I think it was like a week later I was, I was cast in it because the, the person who was playing Marco, um, I think he had a TV obligation, something like that. So he couldn't make it over. So they, they recast it. And I was, I was the American because it was an all British cast. We were the lone American. And for people who don't know your director, Ivo Van Hova. Right? Yep. Yeah. Ivo Van Hova. He sees the world inside. It's like, I want to see his dreams because the yeah. way he stages and directs is so out of the box and fascinating. And it was in um, like a boxing ring kind of set. Right? Yeah, yeah. And I I sat, um, there were chairs on the audi- uh, on the stage. Oh, you sat in the, the stage seating? Yeah, and- Yeah, that was, that was really the only way to see that show. I mean, not the only way, but it, it was the best way to see that show, I think, because you were like ringside at this bout, you know? It was fascinating and I'll never forget because Everybody is barefoot and there are no cops, yeah. right? And then when somebody wears shoes, it's it's like a light bulb goes off. It's so fascinating when you're watching a play, people are barefoot, no props, and then the the props that you do see have a whole different meaning. And then there's that ending, that crazy yeah. ass ending. Yeah. It rained blood, yeah. <laughs> blood, and I remember people saying, "We can never say, we can never reveal what that is." Obviously, it's yeah. no, it's not real blood, but what? No, it's not real blood, but it's it was it was uh, some sort of solution that was leaving rashes on people. What was that like on your body? Was it freezing cold? Yeah, it was freezing cold. It was. I mean, we did the play during winter, and it was an old theater uh, at the Lyceum. Um, so the pipes weren't quite up to date or something. And, and so it was freezing cold. There were only two showers, I think at first they built more later on. Um, but there were only two showers. So we would have like, uh, uh, you know, every day after every, after every show, we would have like a, a lineup and, um, people would just line up outside the bathroom and go one by one into the showers and, uh, and just stand there shivering, you know, um, but honestly, that was one of the most ex- the most special experiences of my life. I, I like I said, I grew up going to Broadway and and to be you know on on a Broadway stage every night in this beautiful old theater, the Lyceum, which is one you know the oldest continuously running theater. Um, it was it, it, it you know it, it never became something else. Like a lot of these other old theaters became movie houses and 
porno houses, you know, and, and like the Lyceum has always been strictly theater. Um, and it's, it's just this beautiful, gorgeous theater. And, and I, I mean, I'll never take that for granted because that was, that was really my dream. And I, it was something that I accomplished and it, it really shows that, you know, like I said before, if you do it, if you're, if you're proactive, things can happen. What about your director working with him? I mean, this Evo is, yeah, he's, he's incredible. Um, he's just, you know, somebody, somebody with, with, all the answers. Uh, if you, if you have a question, you can go to him and he can, he'll, he'll tell you, you know, why you're doing a certain thing or why you're saying a line that way. And, uh, and it makes sense. And I don't, I don't think there's anything better from a director that you could want. And also to set it in like that boxing ring where all attention you know, is on the actors and there's no escaping it. You know, yeah. Yeah. It was like a, a, I mean, it really was like a, a runaway freight train. You know, once it got started, it was, it, you, you know, it was just headed for something bad. And it just, and it, I felt like it just, you know, your heart's pumping. It just keeps getting uh, more intense, you know, as it went, uh, as it progressed. Do you remember getting the call or remember, what were, when you got the call that you were cast because I know you said you were a replacement when you were cast as Marco. What, what, where were you? Who did you? Uh... Yeah, I, I mean, I was a replacement, but I, it didn't feel like a replacement because you know it was it, it hadn't been on Broadway before, so sure. it was I you know, and it, I wasn't the only um, new person because um, Russell Tovey, who played my brother, yeah, uh, although he's British. Um, he was new too. So that, that was very comforting because <laughs> we only had 10 days of rehearsal. Uh-huh. Um, so, you know, n- normally you have about a month yeah. uh, for a show and we only had 10 days cause they had already done the show like a hundred times in London. So Russell and I, uh, they told us to be fully memorized and, uh, and, and we on, on day and we were rehearsing in the theater on the stage. And so like on day one, we just, they just kind of shoved us out there onto the stage and, 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 you know, we didn't even know the blocking really. We, I, they had, they had given us the link to the video of, um, of the show that I think the national theater had taped it. So we watched the video and, um, and, but you know, I didn't know where I was going or anything. So it was, it was frightening. I'm not, I'm not going to lie. It was scary. Um, but luckily everybody was so nice. Mark strong, uh, who played, uh, Eddie, uh, the lead, you know, he's, he he was one of the, the nicest people. I mean, he's so intense on stage that sometimes you're like, does, does he hate me or does he hate my character? Um, and, uh, you know, but he was, he's just one of the nicest people and, and everybody was so nice. I really, that, that experience was something I'll, I'll never forget. What an extraordinary, you know, um, Broadway debut, experience. Yeah. I mean, we won the Tony award and, you know, it's just, it was, it was, it was so good. It was a joy to do every night. Plus it was, it was only like an hour and a half, you know, so it wasn't like a three hour show where, you know, your whole day is gone. But, um, but but it was just, it was, it was so just nice. It was such a nice thing to be a part of and, and a dream come true. What kept you going though, from audition to when you weren't like you said, it's the long haul when you were yeah. getting the work, what kept you going to the, staying the course? I'm not good at anything else. So I don't know what else I would do. I, it, it was just, it, it had to happen. I think that's also the mentality that you have to have is that 
you know it's going to work out. You you just there's you can't have any doubts creep into your mind, you know. Um, so that it, it really, it I had no other option. It, it had to happen. Thank you so much. Thank and, you. And I'm excited to see the next season. And I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful. Hopeful that theater will be back and you'll be back on stage. Yes, me too. Yeah. Well, have a lovely day and thanks again. Thank you. Thanks. The theme song was written by Tom McGovern. This episode was edited by Kyle Moore and the talent was booked by Anna Strauss. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.